Hello and welcome to the Gossipstone podcast, where we cover the OT randomizer. We focus primarily on the racing and competitive scene, as well as various other related topics for the community as a whole. And today, with me is... Hi, I'm Yoshi. Hey, it's me, Emo Soda. And I'm Riley. And uh, for today's episode, we're going to be doing randomized settings in Rando. Uh, it's kind of a big topic, so we'll do our best to get a, a, kind of a short overview, what you can kind of expect going into it, and a lot of great ways to identify which settings are on, uh, probably the most important part about that. But we will be covering that later this episode. Uh, for this week, we did a split recording, so uh, just due to some scheduling things, we had to do it that way. Um, so it'll just be me, uh, Imosoda, and Zopar covering that later. But before that one, we want to give a quick shout out to both Tenth Doctor and Shadowfix for all of the support they've been giving us in organization and all of the audio editing work they've been doing. And as always, here um, we'll be having the Rando recap. It'll be a little shorter for this week, uh, for the weeklies, um, at least for this past weekend's weeklies. Um, some pretty interesting seeds, I think, that we got. I mean, one seems interesting. The other one was kind of typical jet seed. Yeah, that's like the most interesting part about it. Is we, I, don't, I don't think we've had a jet seed in at least maybe a week, uh, maybe two weeks since that. Um, the ones right. yeah, it's, to the previous of this week, the past weekends, uh, they were right. pretty long. All dungeons for one of them, I know, but. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see a jet. I mean, I didn't play it, so it's cool for I, me. Yeah, <laughs> I played that one, and it was it was okay. It was not a hard jet. It was not like, I mean, there's a few baits you had. I mean, we should probably talk about the any weekly first, <laughs> but sure, yeah. Um, um, so it was a forty skull seed for hammer. Outside of that, it was an all dungeon seed also for child side spirit. There's the BK there. That's about it. Nothing else that was like too surprising to see. Uh, what kind of messed a lot of people up was Stone Water Morpha had hovers for Medallion Shadow, I think. Um, so not a ton of people actually went to confirm whether it was all dungeons or not uh, by going to Adult Side Spirit. The only problem with that is I don't think you had Requiem or like it was a kind of a pain to to do that when you had so much progression open up to you. It wasn't too bad getting a lot of the items. Um, the lens was way of the hero to cross the desert to get Minuet at Colossus for Iron Boots, Dens, and Bow and Forest. <laughs> Bow and Forest. So, Yikes. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> God, can you imagine if this wasn't all dungeons as well? Like, who's going to get those hovers? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah, that sounds like most people that got those hovers were probably geared to, towards pushing AD. Yeah, that's exactly that. I had about 20 people up. I think I was on commentating for that, um, but I had about 20 streams up just because I was curious. Um, and I, I looked, and yeah, like that was totally the case. It's the only reason that people did that. All right, and like 33, 30% of the entrance forfeited this one too, apparently. It was also the first weekly with 5.2 dimension. So there is a lot of entrances compared to usual. Yeah, I guess we should mention 5.2 right now then, right? Nice release for the rando. Yep, it's released this week. A lot of new cool stuff came out with it. 
So. Not a huge number of changes in terms of the weekly settings and weekly races, but just enough little quality of life things to kind of speed things up a bit, make seeds a little more fun to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first and foremost for those is the lighter o hinting. Uh, it's not going to be way of the hero for lighter o's anymore going forward. Which not is directly, a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can maybe have a hammer way of the hero for Volvagia has lighter o's or something like that. That can still right, happen, right, yeah. but uh, you won't have a way of the hero only for lighter o's only for an entire area. So like Lake is way of the hero for lighter o's. won't happen. Um, or any, any of your kind of area Ganon's like Ganon's castle so. way of the hero is going to be less likely yeah. now, even more. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. if you see that, you should be worried. I think <laughs> going forward. Uh, and aside from that, um, barren areas, foolish areas, uh, they won't have another hint also pointing to the sa that same area. So, uh, if wasteland is barren, it's one of your three barren hints. Uh, you won't also get a hint. Vice, wasteland has like a vice versa though as well. It's it's worth mentioning the ordering of how the hints are rolled it means you can still get things like Lost Woods or Death Mountain Trail Baron, even though they have an always hint attached to them, because the Baron locations are checked first. And so the way it works, it basically picks out your foolish location hints, then it does the always and sometimes hints, so it just won't pick a sometimes hint that's in a location you've already got hinted. Right, but that's another good indication for people that are listening that if you get like a, oh, um, X location has like something, or like you get a sometimes since for chicken, cat can't be barren, but I mean, that's like the worst example, I guess, but that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the same principle where you get like, let's say valley hammer rocks is dead, then you know you won't get a valley barren or stuff like that, which is really nice. Mm yeah, and the only other thing that'll change also with the weekly settings, um, there's a couple tricks actually that are going to be turned on because strength for the Goron City Pottery is going to be off on base logic now. I I think. That's a trick no, that it's still going to be. In, it's it's, it's still... a trick enabled. And I mean, it, it's out of logic, but it's an enabled trick that people are required to know for logic. Same thing for yeah. the other trick. Where in terms of tricks nothing is changing in the weekly settings. Um, there's a couple of tricks that have been added to 5.2 because of other things that have changed within the logic. But for now, at least, the weeklies are not changing on that front. We'll probably poll people at some point moving forwards to see the final outcome on that one. And then also ice traps will only be on junk items if they're on visible items, but they are back in for the time being. Um, also kind of subject to another poll for that. Uh, you know, a while ago we had the Ice Trap poll. I think that was in, what, February, March? When that I... was for the Actually, Season no. 3 tournament settings, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot longer than that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, yeah, quite a while ago. But, uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be in the weekly settings, so uh, enjoy getting frozen, I guess. I still hate them, but... And that about covers it. If we miss anything else, the whole thing is should be on the so the ocarina of thumb randomizer discord in the announcements so yeah and i guess the only other thing to note then is that the winner of that first weekly was dylan meeble uh not quite sub three on that one barely yeah three hour 21 seconds 
which Oof. I mean, he still won, so I don't think they should feel bad. <laughs> yeah, but the memes. Think about the memes. It's, wait, what? Every, every seed can sub three. Oh, every seed. That's that's sub four. Anyways, moving <laughs> on to the E Weekly. <laughs> this one was nothing special. I, I mean, the only thing that was really off about the seed is that you had um, Baitway the hero for forest access logic where you needed to get um, your long shot to access I think it was I want to say Colossus to get forest access uh, I think it was worse than that it was Ruto's letter was in oh. GTG right yeah yeah, yeah. No, and right. Sarius was on all dungeons with water as a stone okay, yeah. I remember so you long had shot fight... got you either one but... Right, because you had DMT away the hero for a hammer, which I never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got my hammer, but I never went into fire, which was that's where Longshot was for GTG in, access for letter. Yeah, in the hammer chest, just to make it that little bit worse. Oh, yeah, so it's it's a jet seat if you avoid that because the time for first place was Pink Kitty Rose in two thirteen oh four, which is really fast. So if you basically avoid that, it's pretty free. You have your the only other thing you have to do is GTG and bottom of the well. But the Mandalian layouts are really nice. You have your free Deku DC, like really fast layouts, typical jet seed, where if you just do everything think, right, it's I think personally the most interesting thing for me about this race was that a lot of the top runners didn't do quite as well, and a lot of the kind of like mid tier, like rising runners did way better. Um, which I guess was a case of you got punished if you followed your hints a little too much. I, um, I'll just mention this briefly, but this is one where I, I, I got punished for routing efficiently. Where I got my there was first bomb bag was on 10 skulls, and I had too much progression to chase before doing bottom of the well, which was right next doors. So I went all the way into River to plant a bean for a graveyard while everybody got the boomerang in the well and just got their first hook shot on the on the ledge, which unfortunate, but you know. Yeah, I mean this this is all around unfortunate. <laughs> like it's it's kind of it's kind of funny how bad that is. It's just like cause right, it's because it's right there. It's right there. It, with with right. bomb back on ten, like it's crazy. But it's for like one jet- of those situations. Sorry, uh, there was one of those situations where I had. I knew the, the hook shot was there. That's my river access for a bean. I had the dongos to do. Like, why would you not? <laughs> right. Yeah, for a jet seed, there was a lot that was wrong with this one, which made it really interesting because, yeah, once one person finished, suddenly everyone came flying in one after the other. But I, I guess it was a case of the runners with better execution could get baited a bit and then make up that difference towards the end anyway. And... Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those, you know, you enter Ganon's castle and nobody's finished and you get to Ganondorf and there's eight finishes and you beat Ganon yeah. and you're 15. I was, yeah, that's, that was my case where I was halfway through my last Gomu dungeon and just finishes started piling on. And I started from feeling really good to feeling really bad. <laughs> so, yeah. but those things happen. Right, and for the season three recap this week, we got a lot of matches up here to talk about. So uh, we'll just be uh, working through these and 
see what happened in the past, you know, one to two weeks. Um, first up here, loser's bracket round four between Engineer, it's a 12th seed, and Cola Osu is the 22nd seed. Brunch um, match. Yeah. Oh, is it? From uh, season two? Yeah, in the season two, Cola eliminated Engineer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was Engineer's time to get revenge on Cola so you can finally usurp him and uh let's just say that didn't go as planned <laughs> ng's first check was chickens i just want to point that one out oh did he rush chickens again he did chickens again Ugh. the only the only race engineer has done where he didn't rush chickens was the only one where it had something and it was that against uh, uh what the hells what the hells yeah mm-hmm. nice yeah, Cola did three song here. Engineer did early adult. So you have that kind of classic split. I guess I guess classic split. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just an chickens. often often seen split of do you do three song or do you do early adult? And especially one v one setting, it's kind of hard to say for a lot of seeds right from the get go. You kind of have to commit to either one. But uh, we're seeing it more and more now. I think in bracket matches of. Person A is going to do three song. Person B is going to do early adult. They're going to coincide somewhere. It's just a matter of where do they coincide within the seed. And depending on where that is, you can get a little bit further ahead if you do adult or a three song first. But um, aside from that, three song itself had bomb strength, strength two, and hovers, as well as prelude suns and song of time. And there was a hookshot in DC. So pretty standard stuff all around. Not too bad. Cola goes to Gerudo training grounds early. One note about this, though, uh, Engineer didn't want to go to Grudo Training Grounds without a bow, and Cola did go there without a bow. Right, and that was basically the big turning point of the seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because to Cola finding the mirror shield there, which, you know, he went straight from to Grudo Training Grounds and then from there to Spirit Temple, rather than Engineer went ahead to Spirit Temple first to see if any items were in there to clear it out, to find the BK, uh, and then went to the Grudo training grounds afterwards. So it was just a, a case of, you know, sequencing your plays and getting punished for one over the other, more or less. Right, yeah, and first bow was in spirit. Don't know exactly, don't remember exactly which chest, if it was, was mirrorless um, shield locked or not. It was, no, it was adult climb. Okay. But the issue was that Engineer had done things like Hyrule Field Checks and Adult Lake looking for the first bow before that. So Spirit was quite late already, and then GTG was even later, and then had to go back to Spirit with the Mirror Shield. And by that point, you know, Cola was a good dungeon ahead, basically. Right, and we also forgot to mention that GTG was way the hero throughout all of that, so... That's why those plays were kind of made mm. where Engineer didn't feel like he wanted to leave behind checks too much. So, yeah, it's a case of unfortunate, but at the same time, it made sense to go. It's that kind of flip between Strength 2 locks four checks and everyone's happy to go to GTG without Strength 2. The bow also locks four checks, but because they're further apart and it takes longer to get to the bow ones that you're skipping past people don't want to go without a bow even if you've got strength too 
Right, and Kola Osu will move on to face either Mokilla or um, Juke or Gaffaroni. One of these people is going to face him uh, in loser's bracket round five. So look forward to that yeah, one. And Kolo ended up winning with a time of 2.35.09. I guess I should mention that too. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we said don't who won. <laughs> I did, yeah. I mentioned Kolo won. I mean... Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I mentioned it like very like subtly, but yeah, Cola didn't beat Engineer Never because engineer. he couldn't. Yeah, only loses to Cola. <laughs> so, all right, time to move on to our next match, which was Juke versus Killer App Twenty Three, and with what we just said, of <laughs> the Cola facing either Juke or Gavaroni, well, you can expect that. Juke, yeah, Juke did Juke things in this seed, and this one was probably the least close race out of the whole tournament. This was Juke playing at the top level that Juke usually plays when he's on point. He absolutely decimated this seed. It was 40 and 50 skulls. They had to get, I think, 40 skulls, and neither of them got the hints. And it was... Long shot, they both got super bottlenecked by that. On top of that, it was 80 as well. And the seed was kind of a... I think Killer App knew he was unfavored, and he tried to do some weird and efficient routing really early, where he kind of went like adult lake without being able to only to do two checks with not real reason, really big reason when he had way to hear the dongos to do really early kind of went out of his way to do some weird overworld checks to try to gain advantage off of that. Didn't really work, and that costed him a huge amount of time, and Juke just basically pushed progression the whole time, and dungeons and stuff, and kind of got got a lot of skulls, and then he just absolutely crushed Killer App in this one. It does kind of make sense, unfortunately. Like, if you think you're the underdog, you don't want to play to your opponent's strengths so much like you don't want to play into your opponent's strengths i should say um you want to try and you know do something different so that you can sneak an advantage but in a 50 skull all dungeon seed like there's not a lot of people i would pick over duke at that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's really good at those kinds of seeds it's kind of a callback to last episode uh yoshi and i covered metagaming and this is like a really good example of that i think where you don't necessarily want to change up your game too much on in terms of like how to approach a seed or different decision points and stuff like this. So like, I feel like if Killer App just maybe tamed it down a little bit in terms of like you know crazy eccentric routing. Well, I don't think it was crazy, but just as an example, just to be a little bit more slimline, maybe go after progression earlier, just because that's a really good thing to do. But I don't know. It's tough to say whether or not. Well, it was the right thing here for this match, but yeah, Juke absolutely uh, slam dunked the seed into the garbage can, which then lit on fire. Like it just, <laughs> no point was anyone like, is Juke really the fifth seed? I think this really cemented that. Mm-hmm. And Juke ended up winning with a time of three oh three, uh, three hours and thirty eight seconds with a fifty skulls AD, which is pretty good. <laughs> and he'll face Gavaroni, which th- yeah. I think it's probably worth us mentioning here the Duke Gavaroni match has happened. There are a lot of races. We will not be covering that one 
this time round. So yep. next episode. So the next race in here, uh, Solly versus Mr. Martin. We're not going to talk too much about this one because it wasn't really a race. For those who don't know, Solly kind of memed a bit. And I guess my only thought here is that if you're going to do something like that, just forfeit instead rather than wasting all the restream time, your opponent's time, etc. But as it was, Mr. Martin, you know, had some bad luck in the seed, but yeah, basically got the free win there um, in three hours, 24 minutes exact. And we'll move on to face Keizo in the next round. And that should be a pretty hype match to watch. Keizo, very unpredictable player, I think, so far in the tournament. So seeing someone as, I think, consistent is the right word for Mr. Martin. Um, he does pretty much the same thing every time in every seat ever. Uh, he just always goes early dull, and I could probably list a couple of things he's always going to do in a seed, but... You know, that consistency has really carried him through the tournament, and I still think he can make a strong showing of it. So uh, the Keizo match here is going to be really cool to see. And the next match, winner's bracket round three, Nefistos, the third seed, versus Bonnaroo, the sixth seed. Oof. <laughs> Oof is all I want to really say about this one. It just... Neff did a Valley Lake opener, and then... Bono fell from the chain and then just did the same thing because what else right. are you going to do at that point? Right. Like, this was a weird, I think, Neff metagamed because he knows Bono really dislikes doing the Valley-like stuff. Mm -hmm. So Neff went ahead and did that. But for fortunately, for because I what was it, there was something important in there. I think it was magic, I want to say. I think it was magic, yeah. yeah. And Bono moated. <laughs> and so, obviously, when you moat in... Uh, at the, in front of Hyrule Castle, your best backup is to just take the L and backwalk to to a valley and do that. And yeah, he got magic out of that, which I think was the only logical magic, I want to say. I think it was the only one that was seen, at least, yeah. Right. I think the other one was magic locked somewhere insignificant or like super deep. Typical. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this one was a another 50 skull seed. I feel like we've had a lot of skull seeds recently for... Mm -hmm these types of matches uh this time it had dins fire so it's just been like the last half dozen or so i want to say maybe even close to eight like there's been skulls in play for every single race outlining mm -hmm. the importance of skulls i love skulls everyone do your skulls you know take your vitamins <laughs> every day you know i'm gonna agree with that every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know there's no one that's going to yell at me right now for saying this, so it's a safe space for me um, for to, to really, you know, say how much I love Skulls. But anyway, um, the three-song opener led to the following. Saria's Sun's Song of Time, so not the best, not the worst, close to the worst songs that you can get out of that, uh, but also Bow Bomb Strength 1 Scale. Pretty standard. It's kind of what you want to see out of your, your three-song and you can have a pretty deep run into early adult, adult one. Uh, problem, this is a 50 skull seed for Den's Fire, so... <laughs> I mean, you kind of... I think it was around maybe the one-hour mark that both players got that hint. Like, it wasn't early, but it wasn't, like, super late. I think it might have been at the top of River or something like that. Some th somewhere kind of weird and out of the way, but you're probably going to get it sub-hour if you do it right. Um, mm -hmm. 
Sacred Forest Meadow was Way of the Hero for Song of Storms. Both players followed it and got Hammer and Mirror Shields, I think out of Bomb of the Well. Uh, the only problem here is that Neff missed Field Way of the Hero. It was in the Crater Bomb of Ball Wall, and it led to first Hookshot and Letter. I think I that think... was the big turning point, really, because it let mm, Bono yeah. be so much more efficient with all the skulls, and also progression. Bono could go and take the hookshot and go and do a whole bunch of dungeons with it, yeah. And so by the time Neff found the first hookshot, Bono was like a dungeon and a half ahead and sure, had fewer skulls, but could be more efficient about picking and choosing which ones to get at that stage. And yeah, basically at that point, Bono just kept his lead and they were only missing Boomerang from like almost a two-hour mark and just end up being an ice cavern which bono went before gtg i want to say so got that go mode rang and after that i think the seed just kind of spoke for itself where bono's kind of kept his lead neff was following him behind so bono ended up uh, taking the win there with a time of 247 32 and everyone knows bono's reputation for skulls is through the roof already so you've got to imagine that's a scary position to be in where you know you're against bono and see 50 skulls is required that's uh it's already a bad start missing a hint is the nail in the coffin yeah bono's already spectacular with routing skulls and he got a hook shot that his opponent missed like (laughs) it wasn't extremely close this one near the end but it was it was okay for the first like 90 minutes it was pretty close all around uh, Bonnaroo will move on to face Cariosa in the winner's bracket round four, which segues really nicely <laughs> into the next two matches we have here. All right, and then we have winner bracket round four, which Cariosa, the 28th seed versus Bonnaroo again, because he decided to schedule his match like two days after this one. Uh, like the same day scheduled again for the next day. It was great. That's the, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of drive we want to see from all the runners he's flexing with that scheduling it's a mental game on karyosa he's playing bonnaroo <laughs> or it was just like, a really busy yeah i mean it's it's probably just that but it's you gotta in the back of your mind at least you're just like oh damn he's back at it again um mm-hmm. so karyosa uh went early adults and bono did three song surprise surprise uh the you know Pretty much, that's how it's been going lately uh, for a lot of these. Explosives were early in both routes. You found Bomb Choose. Three Song was Bolero, Serenade, Zelda's Lullaby. Uh, pretty strong compared to our previous match here in terms of, you know, what three songs you get first. Uh, it was a late 50 Skulls Iron Boots hint. I think at the two-hour mark is when Bono found it, and he found it first. Mm-hmm. I think it was a domain or something garbage. Like It was a really bad location for it, and... Yeah, iron boots were required as water was a medallion, but they didn't end up finding gold scale. Um, I think this was just another one of those seeds where Benuru was just ahead the whole time, just took a huge lead really early, just because of efficient routing into kind of a linear-ish seed. Except that 50 Skull Saints, which was pretty late, but like I said, the gold scale, it didn't matter. Yeah, 
it's just another case of, I mean, Bono did get a lot of skills very early on and did it very efficiently. Then, I mean, he gave up once he found the gold scale, but uh, shout outs to doing the bell strat for Shadow Temple Boat, by the way. <laughs> he just kind of Bo- pulled that out of nowhere, Bono. Bono yeah. <laughs> always does that, though. Does he? Every does he time. Does he always do that? Every yeah. time? Yeah, every time. <laughs> Man, why is Sorry, that so cool? she's the only one that does it still and it's pretty risky strat it seems not even a second i think so but yeah and uh yeah bono ended up winning that two hours 40 minutes 35 seconds pretty strong finish moves on to face Mm. the winner of this next match in the winner's finals which was marco versus what the hell's yeah faces the winner of the, the next match which we'll get into this was nope. this was an absolutely ridiculous race. I <laughs> This this is like the most bottlenecked seed I think I've ever seen. And it just happens to be two of the best runners in the community racing these, it. These two runners always get great seed last year. Because this was last year's finals, so this was like a really hype match. Mm-hmm. And going into it. You couldn't tell who would win. I think Marco was generally favored because he's been just playing absolutely out of his mind recently, but what the hell's has been grinding a lot, and this it was... <laughs> oh, boy. So it got to the point where, between the two runners, the only location left was Shoot the Sun. They both last locationed it, and it's like, okay, what are they going to find that opens up their next progression? And it was the Lens of Truth. <laughs> So they took the lens to the che- to treasure chest game, and it's like, okay, well, we did this thing, and it only opened up one new check. What what could it lead to? And it was the gold scale. <laughs> so it only opened up, I think, two things at that stage, and one of them was the tech type grotto having strength two. Right, which I don't think Marky knew exactly what was there because he hadn't peaked it. Earlier, he just knew Field was way the hero, and we, what the hell's peaked it really early, so we needed was strength through from that. Yeah, at that point in the seed, I think that was like one of the only things that could be way the hero that was left. So I think Marco had a like ninety percent, you know, confidence rate that it was probably strength two. There. I don't remember exactly what they were missing. I think it could have been like a long shot or something as well. Yeah, no, 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 lo- no, never mind. Teams. It could, couldn't have been long shot. I'm Anyways, yeah, keep going. Sorry. Uh, and it was for Song of Storms and Irons and Hammer were both in the well, so kind I mean, of garbage had... that, right? You, yeah, it was that's pretty. Eh. You could have still done Gold Scale Water. That was a thing. Irons was just in the well as well, just because. Why not? Why Sounds wouldn't bad. they be? Well, that was the spooky part of it because they got Song of Storms on all dungeons and bottom of the well way of the hero, and right. then the first thing they got in the well was iron boots and everyone was just like oh no is this bait and then the hammer showed up not long after which was their actual go mode right so it's like they were not missing much either like in their whole seat (laughs) so but yeah much a full clear and Mm -hmm. marco came out on top and three hours three minutes and 48 seconds Full clearing a bad seed. Like, that's what these times have gotten down to, which is crazy to think about. 
Marco is just ridiculous. You just give him a all dungeons do everything seed, and he can ba basically almost sub three. Every so time, yeah, I'll be, pretty much. And mm -hmm. he goes on to face and winners finals, Benuru. So we get the another grudge match from season two where Marco um, just beat Bono. I mean, uh, so it'll be a nice rematch for the pair of them. Um, and then the winner of that match will go on to the grand finals. So this is their last door in the mansion of terror. That is the tourney yeah, for season the three. Only, but... Right. The only uh, undefeated runner out of the whole winner's bracket comes out of here. The, the all French winner's finals that quite a few people did expected. predict in this yeah. one. Yeah. I think a lot of people had Bonuru quite high up in their rankings and, you know, I guess, kind of obviously, a lot of people had Marco quite high up. I wonder why. Yeah, you know, just the previous one here, just chilling. Um, and then our last match that we're going to cover for this week is the loser's bracket round three uh, between Phoenix Feather, the seventh seed, against Zeph. Um, and he has a bunch of numbers after his name. <laughs> He's the 28th seed. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get into this one. Oh, this one was special. I only caught bits and pieces of it, so I didn't see all of it. But the only thing I remember seeing is they had a Gerudo Fortress Way the Hero, and they got a claim check on the rooftop <laughs> chest. So, <laughs> and I think they had yeah. Uh, did, oh, did I say claim check? Yeah, it was. That's what I meant. Sorry, prescription. Sorry. Yeah, it was prescription way of the hero, which is even better. <laughs> yeah, better. Uh, definitely better but figure on head the hammer um outside of that is a really late hook shot for both the players they got it after the two hour mark in this one right they only had hook... one medallion <laughs> right. at that point yeah this is crazy because i think they had to bolero was with here to get magic I... there was there's two instances of magic there was one in fire and then there was one on big post but i think bolero was with here for either so you could get spirit temple key logic to get hover boots on the right hand in the map room to go to get your rooftop chest prescription to get your hammer to get your medallion for your liner row cutscene for your first hook shot. <laughs> Is this so a plan though? <laughs> it's my first thought. <laughs> yeah, uh, too much to say outside of that though. Um, Zeph lost by a couple minutes. It was a super close race because they had, I think they had forced access, uh, not forced, shadow access at that point. So Phoenix Feather, before getting his lighter cutscene hookshot, actually dipped shadow till the um, Radiant Room with Silver Rupees and placed Ferroas there. And no, no, he didn't have Ferroas. He walked all the way there and then preluded and got his hookshot and just immediately went back in shadow. So he lost a bunch of time just walking back. Um, not to mention Zeph uh, also didn't do Bolero, then play Bolero to go turn and claim check, because you can do that uh, if you have the eye drops. Uh, you just make sure that your timer overwrites the timer of the eye drops, and then you go to Big Ron, mm. you have one second out in uh, DMT. So you just have to make not sure have that your you talk to him. On. Yeah, you just yeah. need to not have your Goron Tunic on when you play Bolero. Yep. And then, yeah, you just have the quote-unquote one second to talk to Big Ron, but uh, you can also miss it, though, and then you miss, you know, two to three minutes if you do that. You also so. can't spam, right? Because then you can soft-locked, I think. I think so. I, I think, think it's that way for... 
some of the trade quest items like the saw for carpenter i uh, can also oh, do God. that that one yeah <laughs> but um, yeah they they hit gomon pretty early they had all of chabu forest and shadow and water to do at like the two and a half hour mark so it's kind of a long go mode but it was close all the way through so phoenix fighter ended up winning with a 313 11 which was a about a minute and a half right before Zeph. So Zeph was also in his cannon fight when Phoenix Feather finished. So, And the Phoenix Feather will move on and face Nefistos in loose bracket round four. Ooh, two giant runners going against each other. And, and this one, too, it's just, it was, it was really a hype race to watch live. It was just exciting at every point. Like Zeph and Phoenix, they kind of switched a little bit. Uh, at least for the early part of the race, the the lead a couple times. So, um, but yeah. And for this week's main topic, we got random settings. So, it's kind of a big thing to uh, explain here as far as random random settings and randomizer. Um, it's quite a bit different. Uh, here to join me with the, the discussion for this, uh, Zopar. Uh, he's a player that's uh, enjoyed quite a few seeds with me um, playing randomized settings. So welcome to the podcast, Zopar. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Actually, just uh, if you don't mind, just take a couple minutes and maybe explain your background with uh, randomizer. Uh, Sure. Uh, so I have been playing OOT Randomizer for a very long time at this point. I started back in V1, and I've taken several long breaks over the course of the, I guess, year and a half, two years, something like that. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. But yeah, I have been... Uh, recently, we started doing these races where we randomize the settings and play with the settings blind. And it's uh, very different from the usual, you know, stand, now standard, previously accessible uh, races that everyone just runs every single day, you know, four or five times a day. So it's a, it's a good diversity to, uh, or a good change to the previous grind. Yeah, season three seeds can definitely be very soul-crushingly grindy uh, to the point where you know, you have players doing two, three seeds a day sometimes. You have, uh, just, I mean, you just feel like banging at your head against the wall sometimes, uh, trying to figure out, you know, how you can get better logic, uh, routing, you know, different stuff like that, that just normal mainstays of rando. But uh, for rando setting seeds, it's really just, yeah, kind of like Zopar said, you, get, you go in blind. At least we have done that traditionally for, you know, the past few months or so. Um and it's really just a case of like ha having uh, identifiers helping you know what seeds you're actually running on because half of the battle in these random setting seeds is just knowing what's on and off. Uh, that's definitely the, uh, definitely true. Uh, it's been a slow learning process. I think some people have more of this information. People that have, you know, had a hand in actually developing, making logic decisions, and working on developing the randomizer. But it's been interesting learning all the different cues and clues going through seeds to figuring out what the settings actually are. And to kind of talk about some of these, let's just dive right into it. Um, maybe some of the, like, I guess the 
more controversial things that are randomized here. Um, the bridge condition and then Ganon's castle boss key conditions. Those are probably the two most important settings for you to figure out, but they're also the two of the settings that take the longest to figure out in a random setting seed. Um, you know, just a couple of those options too. Uh, bridge, it can be open, can be on medallions, like in standard S3 seeds. Uh, it could be on stones, it could be on all dungeons, or it could be vanilla, where you need, what, spirit shadow medallion and light arrows. So it's kind of a lot to, to process, but you also have Ganon's Bosque, which is a separate setting, actually, that's randomized. And that can be all sorts of things, too. It can be everywhere. It can be, <laughs> it can be non-existent on um, some seeds. Um, it's really kind of wild just just to talk about those kind of two things. Yeah, and on top of those settings or those options for the boss key you mentioned, you could have nightmare scenarios where you need all of the medallions to open the bridge and all of the stones to open or to get the boss key. So oftentimes you end up doing lots of dungeons, uh, whether or not you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the thing to... I guess mentioned first is that random setting seeds, I wouldn't say they're always longer than, uh, you know, the S3 seeds that you have, but I'd say the variability is just way higher. Um, it, it makes sense. You're adding more variables to the equation that you're, you're kind of randomizing. Um, so you can have like, you know, 10, 20 minute <laughs> seeds and you can also have, well, we had a race, uh, what, just last week where first place was over nine hours and nobody else finished. Uh, I think the record for the fastest random settings race at this point is an hour and 15 minutes. And I believe it was a Triforce hunt with not many Triforce pieces. And yeah, as uh, Emo said, we've had some we've had some real grinders, eight, nine hour seeds for first place. There's a lot of variation there. Yeah, definitely. And I guess one of the innovations here actually um, is uh, Roman's branch of the randomizer. He's a, one of the developers behind it. And uh, if you use that version of the dev build for a randomizer, um, there's a few things that are different. Uh, the main thing for randomized settings though, the pedestal, in addition to having medallions and stones info if if it's on sometimes it's off <laughs> uh it'll also have at the very end uh the conditions for gans castle bosky as well as the bridge so it's kind of a new thing that's kind of taken off and yeah in just the past few weeks uh where we're trying it we're trying to do uh, the randomized settings on the romans branch and it's kind of a nice little thing that they added yeah, I agree. That, I think, is a huge game-changer for random settings races being uh, reasonable. Without that, it's just a huge shot in the dark about what the bridge and boss key conditions are. It's it's often you just start doing dungeons and collecting skulltulas and checking the bridge every so often to see if it's there. Um, but with... And then repeating for the boss key. Yeah. Uh, but with this setting, it, like, makes, it makes us so much better. Now we can have gold skull bridges we could have all dungeon bridges we could have open bridges and all you have to do is read the pedestal and that's always there whether or not the dungeon the medallion information is there yeah, and it just helps you kind of route out the seed too uh, helps you know oh okay i 
lean towards medallions or I lean towards stones. It's kind of like displacing the the progression or the weight of progression on from something that's in, that you know is important. It's always important in medallions and S3, but not not always the case here. So it, it's kind of cool shifting that you know that weight of progression onto something else. Uh, you get more replayability out of it. You get things that are important in one seed and less important in another, and you just get, I, I guess, a more well-rounded picture, I would say, of what can possibly happen, but it's not always great. Um, there's definitely some pros and cons to randomized settings, but um, I would say hmm, the openers are definitely more fluid. Uh, there's not really an opener though is the thing right uh yeah that's correct uh you can have plan but as soon as you click that start button your plan could come crashing down uh you know in season three settings you know always you're going to start in link's house as a child the same time of day every time so you can plan around that whether you you know go do things in south hyrule whether you go market whether you go adult whether you go deku tree all sorts of options, and you know all of those options will be available to you. Um, in random settings, none of this could be the case. You could start as adult. You could start in Death Mountain Crater as adult, or Death Mountain Crater as child. It could You could start as child in Link's house at nighttime. You could walk out of Kokiri Forest and end up in Lake Hylia. You could have closed Deku Tree, closed Door of Time, all sorts of things that means... The openers that you're used to running are more or less not going to be applicable to the average race. Yeah, I think one of the worst openers that you could probably do is three song and randomized settings, assuming, you know, that you have access to egg and <laughs> can go get opponents and sorry is no problem. Uh, it just, I don't know, it, it, it seems so efficient, so good on paper, but. Uh, when he just had too many variables that that affected, it, it's just actively bad almost, and these kinds of things were um, kind of on the podcast here. Uh, Yoshi, Riley, and I are kind of Valley Lake haters mostly. I, I would say I don't want to put words in their mouth, but uh, but in random settings, that's like one of the best things you could possibly do, right? Like you can go to Valley, okay you just go there straight away okay i mean your time of day might not be right it might be night might be noon it could be i mean it's a random time of day setting um so you go just directly to valley you get uh one hint you get two free checks spear zero and then you go to lake where there's three more hints there's another spear zero thing you can maybe set up here if you have ocarina but if that's a randomized too you're kind of <laughs> kind of in rough shape um but it's not a bad area to go at all in the start of these things you get more info you know if hints are on or off you get to maybe kill a couple skulls here and there uh, if you start with like a bottle you can get bugs there if you can break the grass like there's not an upside to doing valley like here whereas if you do three song and it's like maybe your time of day is just perfect and it's night you enter market cool gonna go pick up egg it's a bloopy and uh let's say time the door of time is also closed <laughs> and then you're just kind of stuck there and you have to save quit back to wherever your your save spawn is so it's like everything can kind of just go wildly off the rails in these things yeah it's it's very definitely very different from the typical settings 
But I would actually even disagree with you on, which which is interesting. We're how you know we're having lots of disagreements on uh on openers here on something that is super random, which is good. Um, the valley actually I think is way worse in random settings going Drudo Valley early, because if you have sc- golden Skulltoe tokens shuffled, overworld golden Skulltoes shuffled. Hmm. You have the Skulltal on the wall, that's nighttime only, for child only, as well as the Skulltal in the dirt patch in Drudo Valley. There's also the cow in Drudo Valley. All these three checks are child only. So whereas you could check those other two items, the, the two items that are usually there normally, the, the item in the box and the waterfall item, you can check those as adults. You aren't able to actually get the other three things at the beginning of the game if you just go straight there. So you're, you're likely causing yourself to have to go back. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that you want to avoid doing when you're kind of routing around a seed, too, is if you can limit the number of checks or the number of times that you go to a specific area for checks, um, you're just going to get faster as a result, right? <laughs> like So that makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, I guess it really, because there's so many variables, it, it depends on what you start with. If you do start as child, then it, it gets a lot worse, obviously. But um, yeah, it's just a more or less of just kind of more of an information kind of dump just trying to find your way through everything so i would say that hence are definitely um they gain a lot of a lot more value even than in the standard seed just trying to figure the stuff out if the hints are on that is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point i mean so maybe just let's go down the uh list here of the possible things that could be randomized and then a good way to maybe tell if it's on or off or what what's possible in the seed. So on the main rules tab, uh, there is a button to randomize all of the main rules. Uh, however, it doesn't fully randomize everything that we wanted. For instance, this doesn't include golden skulltoes in the bridge. Uh, it doesn't include things like master quest. Uh, and we wanted to possibly include those in the randomizer. So we'd, rather than using that that toggle, we actually do everything manually. So the first section there is just what is open and what is what is closed and what are the conditions to open things. Uh, so the most one of the annoying settings, it's never it's never a problem. I always just really hate when it happens is closed forest. I don't know how you feel on closed forest. I feel um, like it never <laughs> happens, but hey, so it's one in three. Um, I don't know if there are more there's more information there about uh, if there's reasons why it doesn't happen very often, but yeah, it's it's really annoying when it happens. That's the setting where you need to go clear the Deku tree before you can actually leave Kokiri Forest uh, via the Hyrule Field entrance. Yeah, you um, need to tell if that one's on. Uh, you just <laughs> is Mido blocking you to DT? Is uh, the other guy just kind of there blocking your way out of forest? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and a setting I feel like we get pretty often. Uh, on that same note, is the closed Deku tree, which is um, is Mido blocking your path to Deku tree. And I feel like that actually kind of comes up pretty often. It's always annoying to see, especially if you get one part, you need the Deku shield and the Kakuri sword. So if you only get one part of that and the other one's like, I don't know, some random shop somewhere for, I mean, either part really, uh, shop sanity's on, or if like, say it's closed Deku open forest but then you know just kind of left scratching your head what if ocarina is randomized you, you're not coming back to deku for a long time 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we have the open door of time. So this is normally open. Uh, it can be closed. If it's closed, it requires just the Ocarina and Song of Time to open. Um, and there's just a 50% chance of it being closed. So that can usually cause all sorts of turmoil if your Ocarina is somewhere random and your Song, song of Time is somewhere random. Um, but again, easy to tell. You just look at the door as the door closed. Uh, yeah, continuing to go down, we have uh, Zora's Fountain. Uh, there are three options here. I believe one of these options is new, right? The open for adult. Uh, I don't know if that's... I think it is, yeah, where you can 5, have... 5.2? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's either 5.1 or 0.2. Right, so yeah, so these are, this is the option of where King Zora is if he's actually blocking your way into Zora's Fountain. And uh, there's, a, there's actually a couple bonus ways we can determine this. The easiest way is obviously to just go look at King Zora. If he's there blocking away his child... Uh, you know it's not open as child. However, it may still be open for adult, so you sometimes need to go check as adult. Uh, if it is open for adult, maybe you have adult start or your first pass into Zora's domain is as adult, um, and he's moved, uh, again, that doesn't tell you anything about, about the child side. But if he's not blocking your way on child side, that means you're good as adult as well, and then the fountain's completely open. You can also see that you have a start with a... Uh, Ruto's letter, and if you start with the Ruto's letter, you open up your inventory, and you don't have a, a bottle or a letter in your inventory. That means the fountain's open as well. So, yeah, that's that, definitely uh, a good point. <laughs> I've been oh. extremely confused about that before. Yeah, I think those I've had that pretty recently too, and I was just like, uh, probably means that, right? Like, okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> but I can throw you for a loop for sure. Okay, so yeah, next up is the Druto Fortress one. Uh, Drudo Fortress can actually be um, a little tricky sometimes because there are two check two things here that matter, both of which are shuffled. The Drudo Fortress, which is is a default behavior. Do you have to rescue all four carpenters, rescue one carpenter, or is it just open? But there's also the Drudo card. It's a little later down the down the page, but it, you also need the Drudo card to actually do anything at the fortress. Um, if you start with the Drudo card, uh, but what, when you have bridges and when you don't have a bridge, this removes like requirements for having a long shot and a Pona song to actually cross the, the gorge there. It's probably one of my weaker ones, I think, for randomized settings. Knowing what's what as far as fortress goes, I just always mess it up. I don't know what, what my thing is with it, but it's the fact that you can have a random card and maybe it's on a skull, maybe it's on a scrub. Sometimes it's just like, overworld somewhere dumb or buried deep into like a stone dungeon and maybe it's stone bridge too you know i don't know it just kind of messes me up that <laughs> you have to have that you have to have you know access to gtg and fortress and it might not even be grudo training grounds within fortress so like i don't know this is one of the trickier ones that i think can really um mess up your routing depending on a couple of things but uh, if you see the bridge, if you know that you start with card, it's good to know the different options available for this one. And I think the biggest thing is just knowing if the bridge is there or not and whether you have card or it's vanilla. Because uh, if neither one of those is true, then you have to go find card before you can do anything. And that always kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's often a good one to check, though. Um, it's off, like, Because I think there's a bunch of ways things 
can end up in your inventory and combinations of behaviors that cause the bridge to spawn and you have to rescue some number of carpenters and whatnot. Um, I actually just like checking this pretty early on just to see if the bridge is there. Because oftentimes it you're locked behind. There's a bridge there, you just didn't go check. And then things are, you know, just fall into place after that. It's also a huge area that it locks if you don't have opponents available, if you don't have long shot available to you, if they're both like behind that or behind items behind uh, the bridge condition for fortress or they're behind having card available to be able to go to either haunted wasteland or um, further to the colossus if that's just locking everything you really got to know if that's open or not and mm -hmm. i think it was like maybe a month ago or so i just i like i think i pretty much full cleared the entire game i was like man i'm just i'm missing something i don't know like what am i what am i doing even like i think it was like hour six or seven i'm just like wait no this it's not true right and yeah go sure enough i go to valley and there's the bridge just fully formed i just never crossed it so uh it's always tough to see so uh, moving on to the next topic is the uh, rainbow bridge requirement so emo already touched on this a bit when we were talking about our romans and the differences in romans branch uh if you're playing on romans dev branch this information so what is actually needed to open the rainbow bridge is actually printed on the the pedestal in the Temple of Time. Uh, however, if you're playing on 5.2, this is not the case, and you need to think a little bit about, or, or cross your fingers a little bit, to try to get some information here. Uh, so there's always open, so it's always good to just check it. Um, depending on what other settings are available, Gans Castle can actually have quite a few checks that don't require items or require very little items. So if the bridge is open, it's often a pretty good place to go to look for things. And it's good to know that it's open, see what trials are up, and see what items you actually need to beat the game. It's just just like the other bridge before uh, Fortress. It's, it's almost as good, not quite as good as the Gruta Fortress Bridge, but uh, having access to Ganon's Castle, though, it's just it's a lot of stuff in general, though. And then beyond that, there's vanilla requirements, which is spirit shadow medallion and light arrows. There's spirit stones and medallions and all dungeons. And uh, without hints, it's really just do dungeons. Oh, do we have all three spirits? Do we have the vanilla requirements? Do we have all the stones? Do we have the medallions? Whenever you have one of these conditions to go check the bridge. Uh, we also have one more bridge option, which is gold skulltula tokens Ooh. and when we when we play with that we play with a random number of uh skull tokens required to make the bridge see now you're talking my language i love this shit <laughs> <laughs> skulls are my friend the skulls the skull bridge can be a lot of fun it can also be a little tedious uh when yeah. skulls are shuffled everywhere yeah that's that's always kind of tough and if you don't know the exact number either, it's just, well, how many times can I go there this seed? How many tokens am I even finding? Yeah, it could be like 24 out of 24 available skulls that you're expected to get in the seed. And depending on what happens in the seed, what kind of conditions are at play, um, it could take you like eight hours just to get those number of skulls. <laughs> so it's, it's always kind of, I mean, it's just tough to know whether or not you should go and check bridge for all these kind of different requirements, especially for skulls. But 
Uh, it can be really deceptive. It could be like a 80 skull bridge. And if you get, a, you know, 20 in the first hour, you're feeling pretty good. It could easily go the other way. And you're like, oh, now they're just trickling in. And I'm just doing like 20 checks for one skull or something like that. Yeah. And to make matters worse on top of that, you're not going to know if skull, skull tokens are actually even required to make the bridge. Maybe it's all dungeons and you haven't finished all the dungeons yet. Maybe it's 90 skulls. You know, it's without more information, we can't really know. And that's where the hints come in. Uh, hints and the chest size matches contents setting. <laughs> so chest size matches contents is the uh, one of the sleeper, super exciting settings that can be turned on that can actually really help figure out what's going on in seeds. Saves a lot of time, too. Um, just because the chest size matches contents, if you have an item that is considered a major item and there's a long list of those um you know including bottles including all sorts of things you wouldn't think are necessarily required but are still considered a major item they'll be appearing in a large chest uh, whereas small chests are things that you can just skip completely uh, not including key chests uh, those will look a little bit different small uh, if it looks like the bk chest and it's big it's going to be a uh, a bosky for a dungeon and then if it's smaller but it still has that same color it's like the yellow and blue uh, it'll be a small key for uh, one of the dungeons yep. and what actually is classified as major items there's the the usual things where yeah you can find a list uh, for that but if the golden skulltula bridge is turned on skulltula tokens are considered major items and that can tell you right away that you have a skulltula bridge and not not ad <laughs> start grinding out skulltula tokens yeah, definitely don't ignore that if that setting's on. <laughs> it's uh, it's really bad if you do. And it could just be there's one chest in a seed that is big where you get a, a gold skull token and maybe there's no other ones in chests and they're all overworld or something like that. Um, you got to be paying attention to this. <laughs> and like, I think that applies to a lot of these settings, actually, that if you... If you don't pay enough attention at the right moment, you could definitely not know what's on or off as far as settings go. And that includes a, a bridge for skulls. Great. Yeah, I mean, this is why we, we like playing on the Romans branch where uh, we don't have to worry about trying to figure out what the bridge or boss key requirements are. So, because it can be a little finicky. Yeah, uh, moving on to the next setting. Uh... There's a couple that are, you know, you kind of just, there's not really anything to figure out. Uh, Ganon's Trials, there can sometimes be hints like, Sheik has dispelled the Forest Trial, or Sheik has dispelled all the Trials, or the Fire Trial blocks Ganon's Castle. So you can find hints like that. I can tell you that which Trials are active, or how many Trials are active. But oftentimes, the easiest way is to just walk into Ganon's Castle and uh, see <laughs> what Trials are on. And that's everything for the open uh, category. So the world category has some interesting things as well. So uh, this is the next the next category under the main rules. Um, there's some easy things like starting age. That's you know pretty obvious. But everything else here is an interest is, is pretty interesting. Uh, we have entrance shuffle. So in 5.2, this has a couple of options, and each option each each option includes all the previous. Uh, entrances that are randomized so there's dungeons only there's simple indoors which includes dungeons only 
There's all indoors, which, which includes simple indoors and dungeons only, and there's all indoors and overworld. Uh, one more enhancement that Roman's branch gives us over uh, 5.2, Roman's dev branch, is that these are actually all split off separately. So you can choose to have dungeons shuffled, you can choose to have just indoors shuffled, you can choose to just have overworld shuffled, rather than have this tiered structure. Um, it's pretty obvious to figure out if entrances are shuffled, you walk through a door and see what happens. Um, if you, you, It's usually good to check a, you know, a house, a grotto, uh, an overworld, and yeah, all those things. The one that can be a little tricky is the simple indoors and all indoors. The big difference is uh, includes uh, the Temple of Time, the Windmill, the Adult Potion Shop, Link's House, and, and Dampai's Grave, I think. And that is should be, again, fairly straightforward. You just have to know to look for it. If you walk out of Link's house into Kokiri Forest, you could still walk into Mido's house and walk through into some random house or random random entrance. Whereas if you walk from Link's house into Kokiri, uh, into Kakariko Village, you know that all of the indoors are going to be shuffled. And we mentioned before, too, on indoor specifically randomizer um you want to prioritize the following three areas kakuri forest kakarika village and market these are probably your three best areas as far as entrances go um but added caveat here if it, you have outdoor shuffle on as well if it's a full er um, as far as indoor outdoor or indoors outdoors goes um it's gonna be a lot tougher <laughs> to find those areas so at that point, it's just a fact of, you know, making the map of Hyrule as you go along the scene. And it's not for everyone. It's kind of divisive sometimes. Um, outdoor, indoor, both. You know, any kind of in entrance randomizer is uh, very complex in how it works out with the logic. But it's kind of an added wrinkle that it's really nice and kind of refreshing. Versus if you always know somewhere goes somewhere else, it's really just about the things that are being randomized at that point. But that's kind of a new dimension in running seeds. Because you mentioned that those, you know, the, ma the major entrance hubs, Kokiri, Kak, and Market are so important. Uh, I also think it's, some it's good to point out if the overworld is shuffled, the Lost Woods Bridge is actually one of the most important things you're trying to find. Um, the Lost Woods Bridge is the trigger for the Fairy Ocarina. So if Ocarina is not shuffled, that will oftentimes be your first Ocarina. And that only triggers going from Ko the Kokiri into the bridge entrance, not the field into the bridge entrance. So if you walk in there, nothing happens. You need to walk out the other side and back in <laughs> to, uh, to get the right side, the correct side. That Temple of Time, finding where that is even, uh, finding where Castle is, because that can tell you where... If, if egg is randomized at all, if you can check the bridge condition as adult, if it's accessible as adult even yet, it's a lot of stuff to take in. Cool. So yeah, moving on to, to Triforce Hunt. Uh, Triforce Hunt is can be on, 50% chance. Um, if Triforce Hunt's on, the Ganon boss key doesn't matter because there is no Ganon boss key. Um, However, we also, when Triforce Hunt is on, we randomize the number of Triforce pieces that we need as well. So it will be, the game ends when you find some random number between, I think it's 1 and 99. Yeah, 1 is minimum. 1 and 100. Between 1 and 100 
uh, pieces. Uh, and this is very easy to find out. Uh, you just pause, and if it says at the bottom of the screen, zero out of X, or, you know, it'll say the number, 20, 100, 34, however many it says, Triforce Hunt is on, and that is your that is your goal. If it's not there, then it's not on, and that's your goal. Also to note here, uh, with the advent of 5.2, I believe this is possible to do on the website now, right? Yep, Triforce Hunt is now available for everyone. Yeah, get that into the hands of a lot more players here. It's one of the more interesting ones to have on, just because it changes everything about how you do things in a random setting seed to go through. Um, if it's in addition to a lot of other complex things like key sanity or um, shop sanity even, you'll be able to tell where a lot of these Triforces are. You might not be able to get them, but... Uh, it's definitely interesting and i think there's like a two-thirds ratio right of usually there's like standard 20 and there's 30 pieces total right so there's a... in the balanced item pool yes right and i'm glad you mentioned that actually because there's a couple of different ways in which that's determined um there's plentiful balanced garrison minimal for triforce hunt uh probably the scariest one is minimal there are no extra triforce pieces and you must get them all so if you get like a 90 Triforce hunt seed and these minimal items for that setting, then it's going to be a long seed. Yeah, it's going to be 100% basically. And it's part of the source of really, really long seeds. And then if you have anything on top of that, it's it's a lot to just play through and finish. It's a bigger issue at that point, but it's definitely a cool setting. And I guess on the other hand, you have Plentiful, which is 100% extra. So uh, those are fun seeds. Yeah. <laughs> Finding extra mirror shields and things too is always exciting. So the next two settings are, uh, are pretty important. Um, and it's pretty important if you identify whether they're on or off. And one of them in particular can actually make or break your run. And that setting is dungeons have one major item. So with this setting on, dungeons will contain exactly one major item. This could be a Naira's Love. This could be a bow. This could be your Goron tunic. This could be a bottle. If the Golden Skull Bridge is on, this could be, and skulls are randomized, this could be a Golden Skull to token in a chest. And once you found that major item, you don't need to loot the dungeons anymore. Um, on top of that, if this is on, most of the items will be in the overworld. In terms of how where things are going to be distributed, most things will end up being in the overworld. You'll, you'll find a lot of things there. And uh, so often in these seeds, it's not the worst idea to just skip dungeons and not really go dungeons very much and focus overworld hard. And it tends to, tends to work out. And if you don't realize that and you open all the chests, you get on all the random pathways and all the dungeons to, you know... Seek out every single chest looking for looking for your bow and stone forest temple or something, or looking for your, I don't know, bomb bag and stone forest temple or something. Uh, that could really make or break your seed. And there's really no great way to figure this out beyond just keeping track of what you find in each dungeon. Yeah, it's it is tough too. You can find a, a skull token, and what if chest size matches contents is not on? You find one somewhere in the dungeon and maybe you find like a bottle too <laughs> at that point you're like well 
this could be one item per dungeon, but I think I'll just continue playing as if it's not and keep looting dungeons, but then becomes more apparent later that tells you a lot about the seed and the logic too it's it's got to be one of those the skull token or the bottle which one is it it's kind of a, a mean setting i would say um i think the more times a person will play on this setting with it on i think the more that they tend to dislike it because now i think the, the people that play with it on or randomized settings players in general nowadays so um I think just based on that, there's been a lot of not very nice things said about the setting because it can it can make your overworld great and your dungeons really bad. And then, well, what if it's an all dungeon seed anyway? And we're like, well, okay. Yeah, I think there was a seed two, three weeks ago where the first four or five dungeons had one major item, but the setting was actually off. And everyone just assumed it was on and that dungeons had one major item and the the item that was blocking everyone's progression ended up being a second item in uh, one of the dungeons. Yeah, that was just missed because it was assumed. It's like long shot or something too. Like it was, it was pretty vital. But yeah, it's it's really... I mean, it's tough. It's you, you go through the seed, you check every dungeon, you confirm the setting. Okay, it's definitely on. Why do I have to keep checking for it? <laughs> stuff like that can happen all the time too um usually it's a little bit more obvious but sometimes it's not and you can have the dungeon layout look pretty much normal or what you would expect to be normal uh, but if you look at like s3 seeds as a comparison to this a lot of times it will just be one item per dungeon anyway so i think it's one of those settings that if it's on you got to be really sure it's on because otherwise could cost you a lot of time either way so another really important setting here that is is pretty important to identify whether it's on or off is logical bomb juice whether or not bomb juice are considered in logic and it might not seem that important but this can well first this can be your major item in a dungeon if logical bomb juice are on <laughs> this could be your one major item and that could potentially screw everything up um but also, if this is on and you haven't found bomb chews, the bomb bag is actually not enough to do bomb chew bowling, for instance. You actually need to find logical bomb chews. And uh, there is a nice, convenient way to tell if it's on, well, or to, give, to hint that it's on, and that is if the first pack of bomb chews you find is the 20 pack, it's on. <laughs> well, it's not on. It might be on. Say. yeah bomb choose I, I don't know this is one of those where i kind of wish it was just on all the time it would make for a lot more sense at least for me uh playing through a seed i just i only care about having explosives i don't really always care about bomb bags specifically i mean sometimes you always have the seeds of where okay i only have six medallions and i only need five because i start with one even and I, maybe i found a 20 pack and mitos and you just go along your merry way through the seed and you have a lot of fun but uh let's say you have one dungeon left and you still don't have bombs you really should find where where the uh the bomb bag is just for logic so they can know what's required for what because if you never find it you're uh you might be losing a lot of time later on if you have 100 checks left and one dungeon remaining for like the one item that you're looking for so to kind of circumvent that 
having bomb trees in logic is pretty nice um yeah i don't know i think it's one that i definitely don't mind having on and usually i i think the 20 pack of chews can be pretty accessible more or less i don't think i've really seen it being buried if the the setting is on i mean it's the same deal of a bomb bag right if the, it'll be just as rare as the bomb bag if it was off Often the bomb bag so. is pretty early because explosives are important. Yeah. Uh, I just like bomb chews. <laughs> they're just they're a lot more so fun to play faster. with. They are a lot faster. I mean, what, two or three seconds? And then multiplied by like 20, and that's two minutes that you're losing sometimes, one minute. Yeah, those are a lot of settings that affect your routing on a pretty large scale. Um, these next few settings uh, to go through, though, pretty straightforward things that you should know are on or off um, and can depend, you know, or change how item pools are kind of mixed. Yeah, and those settings are going to be things like shop sanity. If items are shuffled, you can just walk into a shop and see if they're shuffled. Uh, one that can be kind of annoying is token sanity. This shuffles all the gold sculptor tokens. And this can shuffle overworld, this can shuffle dungeons, or it can shuffle both. Um, and this comes down to just murdering a whole bunch of spiders until you're confident that they have all given you sculptor tokens and they're not randomized. <laughs> um, what, what's, what's a good number? What, what number do you choose? I usually like five. Five dungeon and five overworld. As far as getting them in a seed or just checking uh, for them? So you check, how many do you check and see that they're skull tokens before you just say, okay, it's not token sanity? Assuming they're in logic, uh, five indoor outdoor is a pretty, it's a fine number to do. Um, there, there are some seeds where I will just check once or twice and then just go based off of that. Cause I don't have time Aggressive. to, yeah, I don't have time to kill skulls just to see that it's vanilla. Like if I'm pretty sure it's going to be vanilla or pretty sure it's going to be off. Um, I think for dungeons though, for me, I like to kill all of them anyway. If they're nice to grab, if you don't have to go too far out of your way to get them in general, just kill it and see what it is. And and then you can go about your way. But if you go through like one or two dungeons and it's all skull tokens at that point, then I stop. So, you know, however many that is. So like eight to 10 for indoor versus outdoor. I'm a lot more aggressive with outdoor. Um, I guess it really depends on when I check it uh, for outdoor skulls. Uh, if it's like really early in the seed and I spawn in like the guardhouse and mark it, I will check it right there. I'll also check anything else I come across in like the next five minutes. I think for me, it, it's just a time thing. I don't know if it's a specific number, if that makes sense. I just like spiders. <laughs> for me, it's just I kill them as I walk past them. And after I've killed a couple, I say, yeah, fine. Yeah. On, to on top of that, playing on Roman's branch, they actually took out the cutscene for picking up the tokens. So if, if only token sanity is fully off, if token sanity is fully off, when you pick up the gold sculptor token, it just lets you keep walking. It doesn't pause you anymore. So that's a good indicator of whether it's on or off as well. Uh, after that, we have the scrub shuffle. This one can be pretty annoying. Uh, so this is either off, which is the usual season three scrubs, only those those three scrubs, the piece of heart, Deku nut capacity, and Deku stick capacity are shuffled. Uh, there's affordable, where they all cost 10. There's expensive, where they all cost their vanilla prices. And there's random prices, where they cost 0 to 99, which is awful. But... <laughs> 
Um, this is really easy to tell. All you have to do is you talk to a scrub that isn't one of the three that sell your items in regular season three. And if it says, would you like to buy a mysterious item for some number of rupees? That means scrubs are shuffled. If it's 10 rupees, every scrub is going to be 10. If it is the vanilla price, uh, it means everything's going to be vanilla. So three scrub grottos will cost 100 total rupees. Two scrub grottos will cost 80 total rupees. And then overworld, they're just kind of all over the place. And then if, of course, they ask for some absolutely dumb number of rupees, then it's random prices and <laughs> enjoy uh, your you, rupee farming. <laughs> have you ever seen a scrub with zero as its price? I have actually not. I see that that's an option here. It says between zero and ninety nine. I've never seen that. Yep, I've. I think I've had it once exactly, and it was on. It was like something dumb. It was like one of the ones that are in the season three pool already. So, uh, the one that's by the bridge in Lost Woods, and the one that's um, South Hyrule, the Bombable Grotto there. That one too. It was just those. I think. Like the ones that are within the, the standard pool anyway, they were they were both zero. <laughs> wow, they they both had nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> all right, so then there's a uh, there's cow sanity, the infamous cow sanity. Everyone always afraid because no one knows where cows are. There are only eight. They're not hard to find. You probably know where most of them are if you just guess Lon Lon Ranch. Um, cow sanity is actually, well, oftentimes you can't check cows for quite a while. You can know if it's on pretty early, though. Um, there are two locations, the Lon Lon Ranch Tower and Lon Lon Ranch Stable, that have two cows. And those cows are really close together. So if Cow Sanity is on, there's a chance that you know you won't be able to play a Pona song for each of them individually. It'll be like kind of a pain. You have to stand in specific spots and try to angle yourself um, carefully so that you, know, you talk to both cows. Um, so to avoid that... If cow sanity is on, those cows are actually moved. So if you walk into the Lon Lon Ranch stable and you see the two cows in adjacent uh, pens, I guess they're called, um, that means cow sanity is off. If there is one empty space between them, it means cow sanity is on. Likewise, for the Lon Lon Ranch tower, if the two cows are right next to each other, then it means cow sanity is off. If they are in opposite corners of the, the room, that means it's on. So you may not have an ocarina, you may not have a Pona song, but you can know whether or not you need to be keeping track of cows later on. Then there is shuffle songs with items. This is pretty obvious. Just go check a song. Is it an item? Uh, if you start with songs, those songs will be added to the pool. So if you start with Serenade, then you'll, one of the song checks will be an item. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, in general, this is pretty easy to check. Pretty straightforward. You're going to be checking songs anyways. Uh, the Shuffling Kokiri Sword is a relevant one. Uh, oftentimes we have closed Deku Tree. And if you have closed Deku Tree, you need the Kokiri Sword. If the Kokiri Sword is not shuffled, it's located in the vanilla spot in Kokiri Forest. So, actually, this is always the first check that I do in random settings. First. If you start as child, I always check that first. Because, yeah. well, oftentimes it's skipped in, you know, typical openers and you come back for it later. There's a 50% chance it's just the Kokiri Sword. So... Makes your life way easier for you to be killing skulls. Maybe you don't know where to get sticks because shops are shuffled, and so on. And it can make a, it can make a big difference having that Kokiri sword. It's crazy how much more likely it is that it's there in 
I feel like, I don't know, it's almost always just like, it's always there anyway. So it's like, I feel like it's higher than 50%, even though I know it's just a coin flip. It is higher than 50%. Is because, it? yeah, so it's required. Uh, yeah, so it's 50% chance that it's that it's shuffled, right? But if you have closed forest, it needs to be in forest. So then I think it interacts weirdly with the open closed forest somehow. All, like the... In Closed forest interacts with a bunch of things weirdly, and I think this might be one of them. I'm not positive though. It's a good point, actually. So it might even be higher, like 75 or something percent. So it's probably higher than the coin flip. Then I didn't think about that. So a really important one is the shuffled ocarinas. Uh, really, there's no great way to figure this out. Oftentimes, you figure it out pretty quickly though when you walk out of Kokiri Forest and don't get an ocarina and you get an ice trap or something. Yeah. It also replaces uh, the the cutscene there, right? Like it'll just have an item get animation rather than have the uh, the cutscene where you get the ocarina from Saria. Yep, completely true. Uh, shuffle weird egg. You just go talk to Malon, and she either gives you the egg or not. Uh, shuffling the Gerudo card. I think we we covered this a little bit before when we talked about the Gerudo Fortress Bridge behavior. Uh, it's we're a little fuzzy on. On this, this kind of falls in the same deal of Kokiri Sword, I feel, that it has some interesting interactions, uh, whether it's on or off, and whether the, what the bridge status is. Um, so oftentimes, the best the best bet is usually just to go check, you know, do Druido Fortress, do you get the card? Nope, okay, it's shuffled. I don't think there's a good way to know if it's shuffled. I believe if the bridge is up and you don't have it, that means it's shuffled. Yeah, uh, uh, it's one of my worst ones, so don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, so uh, cool. Then shuffle magic beans. Uh, you go talk to the bean man. If the bean man gives you an item for fifty rupees, or is it sixty rupees? It's fifty or sixty. It's sixty. Sixty. Okay. So if he sells you an item for sixty rupees, it, beans are shuffled. There's a ten pack of beans shuffled somewhere out in the world. There's no real way to know until you've uh, until you've checked. Uh, and then there's some, some more obvious, some more small things, maps and compass. Uh, really, you can you can pause and see if you started with them. You can, otherwise, you go into a dungeon. You can open up the vanilla checks, the vanilla uh, map chests. Oftentimes, pretty early in most dungeons, and then skip them later on. Hopefully, if it's vanilla, um, there's no real great way to identify this besides just opening chests and seeing what happens. Uh, small keys. Likewise, there are. This is going to be pretty obvious. You're either going to find, start finding small keys super early because there's a ton of them, or you're going to walk into a dungeon and see that there are no key doors, or they're just going to be, you know, in the dungeon. I uh, realize the only way to find this out is to just play the game, and either you find keys or you see there are no key doors, and it's fairly straightforward from there. The same deal for the boss keys, although. There, an option for Boskis is vanilla locations, and this can actually be a lot of help. Um, you can oftentimes just go straight to the Boski in some of these dungeons, and uh, if you know that it's vanilla Boskis. And the only way to figure that out is really just to go into dungeons and see where the Boskis are. The best one for that is uh, water and fire. They just get so much quicker, if you know that. Yep. Right, so maybe a good um, thing to transition into here... Uh, 
This isn't everything though that you can randomize in randomized settings, right? Right. We also randomize yeah a lot of the stuff on the detailed logic. Oh, sorry. No, we no we don't. I'm lying. <laughs> we randomize a lot of the stuff on the other tab, um, as well as the starting inventory. So there's a lot more stuff randomized and shuffled around to make all these seeds much more interesting and dynamic. Yeah. So that's just some of the things that we shuffle. Um, I strongly recommend you to, uh, if you're interested, to either ask. Um, many people have played these races and many people can tell you all about all the other things that are shuffled or give you examples of disaster seeds that they've encountered. Um, but it's a lot of fun and I strongly recommend everyone to give it a shot or at least most people to give it a shot. And maybe you give it a shot and it doesn't go so well, but remember your first season three, your, your first standard settings race. I expect that didn't go so well either right so give it a shot give it don't just write it off after one one experience and uh if you put in just a little bit of time to uh understand what's going on i think most people can have a lot of fun with just the diversity of settings and the, the how, how different each and every seat is yeah i mean in general here it's a higher knowledge gap higher baseline knowledge to know of everything that's even randomized and then how do you tell it um, it's a lot of skills you don't usually use in s3 um, standards so i think just for that you have more more variance i mean it just makes a randomizer better right it's like putting more salt on your your steak or more uh, steak sauce on your steak like oh it just makes it you know slightly juicier slightly more well cooked more seasoned so i think for just because of that, I, I think it's slightly better, more fun to run on. Sometimes you play less desirable settings and it's just a, a fact of life. Um, it's just gonna happen. You might have to play your least favorite setting 10 times in a row and then you won't ever get it again for maybe two weeks. Um, but yeah, like Sopar said, um, there's a lot of cool and interesting things that are happening with it. Uh, it's kind of growing as uh, more players are looking into random settings and racing on it it would be a lot of fun. And uh, if you're looking for something new, a breath of fresh air compared to the grind that is uh, S3 sometimes, then uh, look no further. You got random settings. So yeah, just reach out to anybody that you see joining these races and we can get you started. And before we go, uh, let's just go through the favorite, least favorite settings for us here, uh, Zopar and I. Uh, and Zopar, lead us off. What's your favorite setting to race uh, when you see a random setting seed? My my favorite setting is probably Keezy. <laughs> Ooh. Just because going into a dungeon and just seeing that there are no key doors is just a fantastic feeling. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, that means all those chests that used to be keys are now random items. So it really adds uh, a lot more items into dungeons. Yeah, you're, just buff, you're just buffing the dungeons. You're decreasing the time you play the seed. You're making yourself faster by doing nothing. Like it, it's your right setting. On that same vein, dungeon skulls shuffled is can often be. I, I really enjoy that for the same reason. There are just so many more items in dungeons. I just like going to places and having tons of checks. It just makes me really happy. So yeah, that's fair. Um, for me. 
My favorites changed every now and then. I go through phases of, oh yeah, this is definitely my favorite setting. Or no, this is this is definitely my favorite setting now. But I think I got to go with, I think it's Triforce Hunt, honestly. Um, it just impacts everything you do and you just play it differently than you would a normal seed. It's more about like the check density. It's more about you know, getting your pieces of pizza. Some people like to call them. I mean, yeah, I, I like to call them that. But they were uh, Doritos. I, yeah, Doritos, uh, square thing. I mean, you can call them whatever you want. It's kind of funny. But the fact that it changes your wind condition, you have an alt alternate wind condition. So for me, I like playing Magic sometimes. Uh, and in that game, there yeah, there's like dozens and dozens of uh, alternate wind conditions so to have that in randomizer is a really cool thing and i don't know it, most most of the triforce hunt seeds i have a lot of fun with um the ones i don't have fun with are like minimal pool or there's like 90 and it takes forever um but like the standard 20 20 out of 30 is just fine um and kind of anyth anything in between that is is also fine so like 48 49 whatever um i have a lot of fun with it I, I agree. Triforce Hunt's a lot of fun. I just, I've had some bad experiences in my last couple of Triforce Hunts with low item pools. So I've, uh, I'm, I'm currently on the, on the low point of the Triforce Hunt train. I still really like it and really, really enjoyed the races in the past. It's not the new hotness anymore. So makes sense. And so, uh, what's your least favorite setting then? Least favorite is 100% by far expensive scrubs or random price scrubs is what it's called, I guess. Just, I, you farm you have to farm so many rupees and you leave so many grottos behind and then it'll be paired with entrance randomizer and you have to note where grottos are that had scrubs and how much they cost and how much money you have to go back with and then you inevitably never have a second wallet so on top yeah on top of entrances on top of uh what items did i get from where what if it's a plentiful item pool and you're just like uh uh shoot like just, yeah, yeah it, you always have to get that wallet. Otherwise, you just you can only get up to ninety nine, and if it's like eighty here, sixty there, and forty there, and a three scrub grotto, you're just you're in for a world of pain for one. But well, you're happy because that's actually not that bad. You can pay all three with a full adult wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you get that, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can have the opposite of where like yeah, it's like a hundred, 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 or something crazy, and just like oh no. What have I gotten myself into? What about you? What is your uh, least favorite? That's also changed quite a bit over the seeds. Many weeks of playing random settings. I um, think it's pretty easily song sanity. So if you have song shuffled items, um, it just kind of destroys any kind of semblance of a route that you can have in season three that you're currently playing through in the random setting seed. Um, like I, th I think it's a little too disruptive for for me personally. Just I don't mind when it's on. I like knowing that it's on or off, obviously, um, and it's pretty obvious as far as you, or as long as you get the ocarina, it's really the biggest hangup. But uh, once you know that, though, um, you can really change a lot about how you're approaching the seed. It's more of just about, you know, what if it's on a skull? What if it's, um in some weird ass location you know it's just not having zl for like five hours um some not i don't want to do that every time like it's 
it's fine every now and then, but it's it's one of my least favorite for sure. Sonic Sanity is definitely up there with like key sanity, a small key sanity that is one of the settings that really makes seeds go long. Like these eight, nine hour seeds you were talking about, I expect that the nine hour seeds you were talking about probably had Song Sanity and Key Sanity on. Probably was, shuffled into skull locations as well. Pretty much every sanity, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it was uh mixed pool entrance randomizer. So for that you had uh yeah, yeah, you had different you know, indoors, outdoors, just mixed. So, you mean, uh, <laughs> enter a grotto and it's uh, temple time or something, you know. can be a lot of fun. But, you know, w- with the key sanity and token sanity and song sanity, if those are all on, um, it, can, it can just add hours and upon hours to your seed, yeah. And that will do it for this week on the podcast. Uh, Before we go, uh, just a few things we want to cover here uh, before our next episode. Right, we did announce that we were looking at changing up our schedule to an episode every two weeks at this stage. The issue with that is that Season 3 has a lot of races still to go. So we have two major options moving forward to the end of Season 3. We can either do a longer episode every two weeks or we can do a full episode every two weeks with a shorter episode on the off week in between. Let us know which of those you would prefer. Give us feedback on why you think one might work, one might not. Let us know what you think. I want to thank our guest here, Zopar, for joining us again. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, not a problem. Always uh, fun to talk about random settings. And I'm sure we'll have another episode in the future maybe taking a slightly different angle on random settings or, you know, just kind of continuing the discussion, seeing on where it goes. Also, another thing I wanted to add, um, Freaky Fridays, uh, if you don't know, it's a race that happens on Fridays. Um, one of the weeklies, you know, you know have your NAEU weeklies every Saturday, Sunday, but uh, Friday is Freaky Friday. And for that, uh, they do a lot of fun settings, variety settings. Um, sometimes random settings now too, right? Uh, I think they're running it once monthly, right? Oh, that is news to me. That's exciting. Yeah, I believe it's the first Friday of every month. Uh, don't quote me on that, but that's just what I heard is that, uh, they're trying to do more random settings races more frequently. Um, so look out for that. It's a lot of fun. Can't, can't, uh, really talk about or talk, talk up of random settings even more than, than I already have, but. As always, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Gossip Stone Podcast. <laughs>